I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, welcome along to the Rugby Pass podcast. Today is uh, Friday, December 16th. We're almost there at the end of the year, but uh, what a treat we have in store today for our listeners. Last night, the New Zealand Rugby Awards were held, and the winner of the Black Ferns Sevens Player of the Year is the captain of the New Zealand Women's Sevens side, Sarah Goss. She joins us on the pod. Hello, Gossie. Hi, Simo. How's Well, you know, I'm not too bad, and uh, last night was a fun <laughs> occasion. Always great to have a chat to you on the couch when you're winning things, and uh, you've made a habit out of winning things, but uh, I'm going to get to you in a little bit, because we've got serious things to discuss, Gossie. Are you, are you ready for a serious conversation? Uh, I think I'm ready for it, yeah. Do you know what was cool about last night? And, uh, you know, I've been in this game for a long time, and, and you've been around the game as well, and at the forefront of the development of the women's game, so last night was a real women's night at New Zealand Rugby Awards. Did you get that vibe that you guys are now so a part of the game, you're not just the outsiders looking in? Yeah, it's actually incredible just to be, um, I suppose, being able to go to the awards. And, um, but then also, I think last year and the year before, our award, our award was one of the seconds, and now it's like um, like quiet into the night. So it's just um, it's pretty awesome to see that they're backing us and, and the more that we can do for them, the better. You know, we, we sat there last night and, and the sponsor of the awards, the CEO of, of a big bank in New Zealand, is female and very formidable and, and she made quite a confronting speech, a real challenge laid down to New Zealand rugby to keep going on the diversity track, to keep encouraging women to be a part of the game, to keep being better. Dr Farah Palmer, uh, a woman you know well and uh, who our women's 15s competition is named for in New Zealand, uh, just elected to the New Zealand Rugby Board, the first woman in 124 years. And then all of you lovely wahina who go and represent this country with distinction, standing there front and centre, you're sitting at the table with the CEO of New Zealand Rugby. I mean, Gossie, <laughs> you're like four years out of school. I know. I think when we sat down at a table, I was like, oh, wow, well, we're actually at, at the big dog's table. But no, it's just nice to be, um, I suppose, being able to go to the awards and, and the more people you can meet and, and mingle around with it, uh, it's pretty incredible. We come from such a small town and to be at awards and, um, at, at a night like that is, uh, is pretty honouring. We never really get to sit down and chat too much about your leadership and, and how you've got to this point. So for those listening to the podcast who, who may not be aware of, of what you've done in the game and, and what your teams have done in the game, just give us a bit of a background about where your involvement in rugby began. 
Um, so it began back at uh, Fielding High School. Um, obviously, Rob Jones was a big pusher of me getting into women's rugby and or girls rugby at the time. And then um, it went on to Manawatu and Manawatu Sevens and um, the great success we've had with that team. And then um, obviously on to higher honours in the uh, women's sevens. And then it was awesome to get um, a couple of games for the Black Fans 15s team this year as well. Rob Jones is a man who's coached Fielding High School's girls teams for a long time. He's stepping down uh, next year for a wee sabbatical. I don't know if you know that, Gossy. I think we're all trying to convince him to stay around. But that, that, that Fielding High School program uh, that Rob ran, it, it really was a catalyst uh, for so many programs now that have replicated what Fielding High School's done. And for those people who don't know where Fielding is, it's in central North Island. It is a small town, a, a rural community. But this high school... Uh, not only producing All Blacks, but now Black Ferns and Black Ferns Sevens players as well, including yourself, the captain of the New Zealand Black Ferns. But I think about the Whitelock brothers, Aaron Smith, Cody Taylor, uh, the list goes on. This has become a real rugby factory, but especially in the girls' game. I, I don't think without Fielding High School we would be where we are today. Do you look back on that time at high school and what you guys did as a program and think maybe this was the start of it all? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm pretty thankful for what Rob Jones um, started at Fielding High School. Before he he um, was coach, the team was coming last in every competition that we had. So for him to take it over and turn it into what it is today, we're pretty pretty grateful for what he's done. And um, and I, I was looking back at a few photos, and he's, he's coached seven women's international players at the, the time that he's been there. So um, it's a credit to what he's done, and, and I know that it's going to keep continuing on. And, um, it's great. I, I, I'm happy that he's going to have a sabbatical. He's got four young girls and, yeah. and they're pretty busy in themselves. So um, it's going to be awesome that he can spend a little bit more time with his family. Well, he only needs three more and he's got a sevens team, Gossie. So, you know, there's, there's still time <laughs> yeah. for him. Yeah. We keep telling him that. <laughs> hey, talk to me about um, what this year has been like for you because uh, an intense year in so many ways. And I guess it's not until you get a breather and, and I don't think you've been able to do that yet where you look back and think, all the way back to the start of the year and, and Manawatu and a national championship in the Sevens, then into the Black Ferns uh, Sevens program, the Olympic Games, where you captain your side to a silver medal, uh, straight into 15s, as you said, with the 5-0 and Black Ferns. And uh, already uh, we've been back into the World Series and the first title of the year in Dubai. How do you stop and take stock of what you've achieved? Uh, I don't know. Like for me, I love rugby and I love what I'm doing at the moment. So the more that I can keep playing and keep being involved in the game, um, the better off I suppose our team will be. And um, and I suppose that's what Christmas is for. Next week's going to be uh, an enjoyable time, spending a little bit more time with my family back down in, um, in the Manawatu. two. And um, uh, I've loved 2016. It's probably been one of the best years that I've had, um, not just in the rugby sense, but also um, like in a personal sense. So. I can't wait to get into 2017 and, and into the future and see what it brings for us. You know, I mentioned Dr. Farah Palmer before, and uh, of course we know Farah's uh, legendary status among women rugby players in New Zealand, if not around the world. She was such a fantastic rugby player. But to see her ascension now to the New Zealand rugby board, uh, we know that female players statistically uh, think about their careers after the game much more than men, male players do. Do you look at someone like Farah, Sarah, and think to yourself, you know, that is an inspiration to all women playing in the game? Exactly. Um, I've looked up to Farah since I was a, a young girl, and she's probably one of the reasons why I wanted to actually start playing rugby. So it's 
it's massive that she's been able to be the first woman um, to be on the New Zealand rugby board. She's already in the Hall of Fame for IRB um, rugby players, and and I think that she has a great background. Like she's a professor at Massey University, so um, the way that that having models, uh, role models like her in our game is, is incredible, and I know that there's a lot of other girls that look up to her as well. Well, I talked to Melody Robinson on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Gossi. We were in uh, Timaru for one of the sevens tournaments in, in New Zealand and, and we were talking about um, why women players in particular uh, are more likely to think about a career outside of the game. And, and I look around uh, the crew that you guys work with and that you play with and, and all of you have other focuses. Um, I, I'm not too sure the men uh, feel the same way, but but you guys are really committed to study, really committed to further learning and just as committed to the game. What do you think makes the women approach the game in a different way to the men? Um, I think like we, we've got to see it as our careers might not be as long as what a male um, player is, that they've got options to go overseas. And I think at the moment that the women don't have that, so our careers are going to be a little bit shorter. So we've got to actually start thinking about um, what we want to do. And I think that we, we have to leave we have happy to be busy, so the more that we can play and train, but then have other stuff on the side as well, it just takes your mind off of rugby. And and I think it's awesome for the girls that they've got something else. It's, it might not be study, but it might be a course, or they might be going off and helping schools and stuff. So we keep pushing that and making sure that they're um, they're also doing something outside of the game. You're throwing down the old uh, women a bit of multitaskers line on me, aren't you? <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll snuck that in there. <laughs> Hey, your experience in the 15s and, uh, you know, what a season it was with the Black Ferns. But yeah, there, there was the series against Australia and then the tour where you, where you faced three of the best women's teams in the world, uh, including England, uh, when your old teammate from Fielding High School, Amy Cocaine, is a big member of that side. In England, the, the women's game is going professional in the same way that our sevens game here is going professional for women. Did you bring any learnings back from how you looked at the programs of Canada, England, Ireland on that tour? Um, honestly, I didn't actually play those teams. I only played the yeah. two tests in New Zealand and yeah. I went back to Dubai. But just looking into it, um, like England put a lot of emphasis on their 15s team. They're obviously current uh, world champions and we're hoping to rectify that next year. But um, for them, um, their 15 programs are quite big and I know that we're putting a lot more emphasis on um, making sure that our 15s team is ready for, for the World Cup next year. So it's great that we've been able to play them this year and then I know that we, um, we're playing them again next year. So the more that um, these kind of derby games can, it can keep um, getting played, the better off that our team will be and, and, and also the um, quality of women's rugby. Well, the quality's gone up, and, and I mean that most sincerely. I, I remember when you know, the women's uh, sevens was first initiated as part of the national championship, uh, and you would have seen it because you've been there pretty much since day one, Sarah. The skill level in the women's game now is next level, but it is it, it has increased so much in such a short space of time. Is it down to coaching? Is it down to other women in the game looking at what you guys have done and trying to emulate? Is it a combination of all of those things? Yeah, I think a combination. Um, I think the way that the girls are wanting to adapt and learn to um, to keep growing women's sevens around the world is amazing. And um, 
like I've just seen, there's three um, ex-Black Ferns and women's Ferns players now coaching women's um, regional teams. So it's a massive credit for them to come back and get back to our game and also keep progressing the young ones that are coming through. So, um, I, like, I hope it, it just keeps continuing to get better and better and, um, and, and for more of a spectacle for New Zealand to watch. You know, I, I don't think I've shared this story with you, but uh, last weekend here in New Zealand, we had our Northern Region Sevens qualifiers for the Provincial National Championship in January. And, you know, Sarah, we've all been around venues where uh, kids are there with their autograph books and taking selfies. And usually, let's be honest, they're after All Blacks and Super Rugby players. I've never seen this in my life. Portia Woodman, uh, one of your teammates... <laughs> is sitting on the bank with her parents and the hordes of kids, boys and girls and other fans who just descended on her and asked for autographs and wanted photos. I mean, that, that, that superstar status in our game, I, I don't think I've ever seen a female player attract so much attention. And I'm sure you get it around the world on, on the seven circuit, Gossie, but I, I, just for me, that was such a breakthrough moment. Uh, they couldn't give a damn about any of the boys playing the game. All they wanted was a photo with this woman. But that, that's really uh, inspiring to me. Yeah, Portia is incredible. Um, she sort of skipped like 16 tries in one tournament. Um, <laughs> and like I, I get people coming up to me and I'm like, they're like, oh, wow, well, you play with Portia Woodman. And I'm like, yeah, yeah she's all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but she's she's awesome too. Like off the field, she's, she's really humble and... Um, and it's just a credit to what her, uh, how her family brought her up, and um, and I know that she she gets a bit um, thing about the attention and, and stuff like that, but she deserves everything that comes her way because she's she's a pretty incredible athlete. I know what you're trying to say there is that we do all the hard work and she just finishes the tries. That's, <laughs> I, I, I can read between the lines with you, Gossie. <laughs> oh, look, but but that's the whole. Uh, you know, we're we're in this time, I think, in life where. Um, you know, women are asserting themselves in a way that I don't think we've seen in our lifetimes. And, you know, when you find yourself in a leadership position like you do in a sport that has been over more than a century a really male-dominated environment, do you think about um, how you're inspiring other young women? Do you think about uh, that agenda for you and where you want to take the game from a female perspective? Oh, that's exactly true. Um, that's what I want to do in this game is, is keep inspiring young girls, but also ladies to keep playing rugby and want to play rugby because the more that we can uh, keep turning heads and show that women's rugby is a great spectacle for um, to watch and, and for women to play, um, the better off our game will be. So like, I'm excited coming back from, from Rio and seeing how many young girls want to keep playing um, sevens and I want um, sevens to be the number one pick for a young girl at primary school or high school even so um, I'm just excited about to see how many more people keep picking up the game and um, the more that we can make it a spectacle I'm sure the more people will keep playing it yeah, I totally agree. And, and what about outside of the game, Gossie? Because you know now you find that uh, the sphere of influence that you have extends far beyond just the rugby field and the training park. Do you find yourself in situations now where, quite frankly, you're a little bit flabbergasted because people are seeking other knowledge from you that may not just be typically rugby knowledge? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, sometimes you just get people coming up to you and wanting to chat about what you're doing and how you got into where you've 
for like what you've done and stuff like that and um and it's great the the more attention that women's rugby can get um the better and but I think at the same time like I'm like wow um your life kind of has changed in the last mm. four years to just being a rugby player to now a little bit more of a public profile but mm. it's awesome for our game and um like our team's loving it and um yeah, I just can't wait to keep going. Now, I know the family's big on sharing, and I mean in the sheep <laughs> sense. So uh, now that you're a professional rugby player, are you still called upon to go help out in the wool shed, or uh, are they leaving? <laughs> are they letting you off the hook? I'm always getting called upon to help out on the farm. <laughs> this is no good. Do you ever get a break, Gossie? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, I do. I always like to take time to myself. But like, when I go home, I always like to give back to my parents because they've just done a lot for me and... Um, they work pretty hard. They're always on the farm and making sure that we had everything as kids. So, um, like, I like to go back and help uh, where I can and do a little bit of hard work, my dad says. No, fair enough. I know you're not shy of hard work. And speaking of hard work, Gossie, to finish off on the Rugby Pass podcast today, uh, Christmas break, but I know that you'll still be training hard. So uh, what does the next few months look like in terms of your Sevens program and the World Sevens program? Um, so we'll go back into our regional training um, at the moment, and which will be great. Go back down to Manawatu and um, for the build-up before nationals in January, and then um, straight after nationals, the con- new contractor squad will get named, and um, and we'll have our build-up down in Wellington, um, and then we we'll head over to Sydney to start to continue our World Series tournament. So that'll be awesome. Well, I wish you a very Merry Christmas, buddy, and uh, congratulate you on the year you've had and your career so far, and I know you've got so much more to give, and we look forward to following that with interest uh, over the coming years. And uh, as I said at the start of the podcast, it was a great night for women in our game last night, and uh, congratulations on being named New Zealand's uh, Black Ferns Sevens Player of the Year. Best of luck for the rest of the season, Gossie, and thanks for joining us. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, there you go, Sarah Goss, captain of uh, the New Zealand Women's Sevens team. Always a pleasure to talk to someone who is interested in our game, who plays our game, and who's at the forefront, really, of the transformation of our game. Hope you enjoyed listening to Sarah. Always great to chat to her and always great to chat with you. Don't forget rugbypass.com for all the rugby you can handle. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.